0: right direction especially Kentucky I think they're going to be a one is very close to being out of the tournament yes but uh that was a bad loss at Purdue the other day uh to a, a, a very mediocre Purdue team and uh they've got to win out or at least get hot here and do well in the tournament or I I don't think they're going to make the tournament so uh that's my take guys on college basketball and we'll talk a little bit about Derby now Today's March 1st. We're, uh, we're getting close to really shaping up with the Derby field. Yesterday they ran the Fountain of Youth, major prep for the Florida Derby, which in my opinion is the number one Derby prep that gives you the Kentucky Derby winner. It did last year, and I'll talk about that in a minute, but uh, it did last year it, it gave us the uh, Kentucky Derby winner. But uh, the Fountain of Youth, Ete Indian, uh, broke great. And and very impressive win there. That's uh, two or three very nice wins for the uh, uh, being cone trained Etay Indian. And the bigger news there was Dale Romans Dennis's moment. Romans has been saying since November that this is the best horse he's ever trained. It's going to be. It's going to get him off the Schneide, the local guy. He owns all the records at Churchill Downs for training records, and he was finally going to get his first Derby win with Dennis's moment. Dennis's moment finished dead last spit the bit and we don't know what happened to him but what a disappointment for the local dale romans uh, you know and it goes to show you how tough it is to win the derby and even get to the derby but let me talk about last year's derby winner they yesterday they ran the initial saudi cup your richest race 20 million bucks yesterday they ran in the desert uh and guess who won it guys a horse that came over from the United States named Maximum Security. You guys might remember me talking about Maximum Security last year. He was a horse that got absolutely robbed in one of the biggest misjustices in, in, in sports. And, uh, and he got robbed in last year's Derby, and, and he went on to be champion three-year-old. He should have been champion horse. He went to the desert and picked up a cool $12 million. And very gutsy performance. Pulled that up if you want to see it. He got, he was losing. He switched leads. He switched over, ducked in and, and just a very impressive. beat of Philly, Midnight Basu, another American run by big, uh, Jock was big money Mike. Uh, but, uh, congratulations to maximum security, the rightful winner of last year's Kentucky Derby. So, uh, that's my Derby update, guys, but it's really going to, and really going to start picking up. And one thing I want to point out, Kelly, uh, I came on his show last week, and I said I thought a major contributing factor to the loss for Wilder was that ridiculous outfit he wore in. And Because when they took it off his head, he had to have that mask on, 40 pounds of armor. I don't know what the hell he was thinking. You know, here, Fury rides in, having women carry him as a king in. He exerted very little energy till he got in the ring. Wilder, they took the mask off, him. he looked like he was ready to pass out. And then someone whispered in his ear, oh, by the way, you've got to fight this 6'9 monster over here, uh, and, and, you know, you, you, you've got to get serious now. And he, he was shot. He's come out this week and said, yeah, maybe I shouldn't have worn that 40-pound armor for 15 minutes before the fight. Maybe I shouldn't have been dancing around for three hours before the fight. So I don't know who's training this guy. Uh, you know, I know he wants to fire the guy that threw the towel in on him that saved his life, but he might want to start really rethinking about how he enters a fight and go in as fresh as possible. Uh, one last thing I'll leave, leave you as far as big guys. I mentioned Fury. Did anybody get to see the tape on the big ticket at the NFL Combine? The big oh, yeah. ticket is Mikel Beckton Man, they really about fell out of their chairs. He ran a one forty 40, 17% body fat. The big ticket from Louisville checked in at 6'7",
1: 364,
0: 17% body fat, and ran. If you haven't seen his combine 40, go check that out. But, guys, that's all I got. I'll hang up and listen. Uh, But uh, I think Indiana's got a lot of work left to make it in, and I'm saying right now on record uh, that I see Kentucky sliding in uh, as a one-seed guy. So I'll hang up and listen to you. Thanks for having me on.
2: Great stuff as always from our man Brian the Insider. As always, man, he touched on a lot of different stuff there. Mackay Becton, a big guy, would make you Chris look like a a, a small person. Yeah, that's uh, right. That's amazing. Six seven, three sixty four, ran a <laughs> five one. Five, one's not that fast. Jacob, you ever ran a time? You played high school oh, football. Yeah, yeah. Time forty. Would you run a forty in?
3: Um, I ran four four nine. Four four nine. Okay, four four nine. That was multiple times because I was doing combines to get ready for the next level.
2: So um, you were going to play college football.
3: Yeah, that was my plan. I had every intent.
2: Okay, um, ended up going a different route, the military route. You wanted to be a fighter. It sounds like from a
3: pretty early yeah. age. Yeah, I just didn't have the to the right place to get into. I mean, it wasn't really. We didn't have a lot of that going on where I lived. We didn't have, like, a wrestling team or anything, so.
2: Gotcha. Um, so, four 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 nine is what you ran yeah. at what? He- height, weight. Um, senior year, I was 5'6", 150 pounds. Five six one fifty. 150, okay. Yeah. Makai Becton is, okay, 6'7", uh, 364, ran a five, one. So, I think that set some type of records for that size. So, Makai Becton, offensive tackle, I'm a big advocate of in, in, High school football, NFL, college, whatever. If you have a good offensive line, your offense can move, okay? Mekhi Becton, just an absolute monster for the Cardinals. Uh, projected yeah. to go pretty high in the draft. Um, especially now. Yeah, especially he just now.
3: He made him some money doing that.
2: He did. A lot of social media attention for, for Mekhi Becton yeah. for this. But, man, he looks good. And, he and did, he's a giant. Like he, Jonathan Ogden or something. Honestly, almost.
3: he could have ran that faster. Um you could tell, but he's never had to run a forty. Like he probably didn't like these skill guys who are going to camps to. They've been learn doing the that form. since they were young. W- w- and they, before like leading up to this, their training is the proper form because that can take you know that tenth of the second off that you need.
2: Or um, forty is everything for those skill position players. Yeah, and he, I mean not everything. He
3: just straight up ran that, and for a guy that's I mean I was just talking about that with <clears throat> with uh, one of my friends from the gym, Trevor. Um, Shout out, Trevor Goldsmith. Yeah, and I was like. It's unreal. Like these defensive linemen, these offensive linemen, especially the D line that are running like four oh fives God. or four sixes. And I mean, they're over, they're over, like probably out 280. And it's just, it's unreal.
2: Football, unreal that, so. that's a, uh, Testament to how dangerous football is. My God, what a lot of weight! What if you're, you. what if you're a linebacker and you're looking this way, you're trying to guard someone, you're, you're some, all right, let's say a tight end goes out for a pass, you're like, oh, I'm gonna look this way. No, they're running it, and then you turn around and Makai Becton was sprinting straight at you. Yeah, you think that's safe? No, I'd say football is maybe. Those
3: people talk about they, they try to talk about how fighting is so scary. I mean, football hurts way worse than fighting ever did. And I know I know uh, Derek Overstreet can agree. I've seen him. Shout out to post. Derek Overstreet. It hurts way worse because you got You're – first off, you're getting hit every play. With MMA, there's a lot of grappling. There's Sometimes you won't even really get punched.
2: Yeah, Ben Askren went for the first, like, what, 18 fights of his career. He said he didn't eat but maybe two yeah. total punches. Football, you have – first off, there's no
3: weight classes. Right. I mean, if you're in there, like, you know, I played DB. Sometimes I have to come in – it, I'm going to get st- these, you know, these big old linemen and, and just getting, just getting rocked. And then you have somebody tackling you with full force. It's not just, not just a punch. It's their entire body coming at you, head head to head. You
2: and know,
1: you have to pay attention to more than one guy as well. I mean, yeah. you're you're going to get
2: blindsided there. Oh Dem- yeah, Demarcus Ware or Khalil Mack or whoever, big, fast. Um, Terrell Suggs. Historically, some of these guys were just huge and fast as hell. Yes. They're just going to sprint at you and lay you out. I'll draw a, 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 a parallel here. Um, so we had the Derek Overstreet. Um, we have – all right. So let's let's tie it into some of Brian's other conversation. He said he thinks – oh, so Deontay Wilder. Okay. Talking about safety of a sport. That's what it was. Okay. Jamel Muhammad. I'm sure he's happy about the, the big horse race yesterday in the Middle East. Shout out to Jamel. Um, <laughs> what, do you, what do you mean? Why would he be happy about it? Yeah, that? he's always real pro uh, he a big, Arabic guy. And, he's a and, big horse, horse guy? Yeah, I guess so. Uh, <laughs> he could be a jockey. <laughs> um, but Deontay, well, all right, so talking about the safety of certain sports versus each other, okay? Man, Jamel and I were messaging during the boxing match between Fury and Wilder. And he said around like the fourth round, he said, Damn, are they gonna let the Deontay Wilder keep going? He was bleeding out of his ear. Yeah.
1: That's crazy. His eardrum
2: had had apparently ruptured. And
1: a- apparently Fury was really hungry and thirsty, wanted to oh lick it god, off. Oh my god,
2: how creepy was that? He, he like was <laughs> acting like he was gonna li- licking the ear but the blood out of his ear. But that's they just were expected. So boxing <laughs> is crazy. Talking about the safety of sports, I would say the most dangerous sport. Is football. Yeah. I'd say number two is boxing, yeah. in my opinion, and then MMA.
4: Just so, my opinion. You need to come see Armored Combat today.
2: Okay, God. So if we count that in, are you going to Armored Combat today?
4: I am. I've
2: watched some of those yeah. clips, and people will be looking one way, and then they'll get blindsided by a real heavy sword yeah. and yeah. knocked out.
4: And again, we're yeah. talking no weight classes. So so that that's da- more dangerous. A guy so my that. size is 170, and I'll be in there with... 300-pound guys that have 100 pounds of armor on, and they're swinging axes from blind sides. So
2: (laughs) I can relate. (laughs) So as far as the big, relatively mainstream sports?
4: Yeah, yeah, I guess.
2: Boxing is crazy, because they'll knock you down. You get knocked down. You're woozy. They stand you up, and they're like, are you okay? And you're like, oh, I don't know. Are you sure? Are you okay? Yeah, I guess. I'm okay. That's where the
3: trauma comes from.
2: Yeah. Sustained head, uh, repeated head yeah. head injuries. Yeah. Shots to the, to the
1: head, and you got to think about the the ones that are landed that don't knock them down. Those add up as well. Sure, you know they that, say
2: those are the arguably the worst for CTE is the yeah. repeated smaller shots, which which Wilder was taking a lot of. So, did you what do you guys think of the stoppage in that fight? Because what happened was Wilder's corner threw the towel in. Yeah, Jacob, what would you think? It made me happy because I've seen,
3: you know, uh, probably last year. I can't remember the boxer's name, but he was yeah. taking so much punishment you know, he ended up he, yeah, Passed yeah they away. probably could have you know guys like that that are so tough, like you know like wilder he i mean he's very tough, you can't question that, I know he had his excuses after the fight and stuff like that, but I'm ignoring that um it's I'm glad his his trainers did that absolutely he saved, saved from himself, I mean. You know, with that eardrum, I
1: don't know how long that's going to affect him for his entire life. It could have been way worse. Right. And, you know, the thing is, uh, of course it was an eardrum, but, you know, other people could be bleeding out of the ears due to head trauma and not an eardrum. Yeah. You know, uh, he saved his life. And it's definitely the right thing to do because when you're a warrior like that, you turn off your autonomic uh, responses and you just – Try not to listen to what your body's telling you. And yeah. that's what he was doing. And he could have ended up, you know, severely hurt. Or I,
2: I'll give Brian the insider credit because I talked to him right after the fight ended last Saturday. And he, that was the first thing he mentioned was Wilder's outfit. Okay. And when Brian said that to me, honestly, I was like, okay, you know, I, I he, I didn't think it was going to actually be an issue. Then turns out Wilder has mentioned it, said he was exhausted with it. Um so I'll give credit to Brian. Mm-hmm. I guess he he's got some inside information on specifically that. But what did, Jacob, what did you think of those outfits? The ring entrances for both boxers. I love it. I love all that stuff. Um it's just a huge like a huge
3: spectacle. Um, Wilder should have went the route like the Gypsy King and just been carried out. Yeah. Uh instead of carrying Hangman walked out like a Power Ranger super villain or something. <laughs> I mean, that was Yeah. I liked it though. A lot of people was like, This is terrible but that's just what boxing is. That's what, that's big boxing now nowadays, you know. And, and for years, for, for
2: years, maybe it has been. Yeah, you know, yeah. There'll be um, whoever boxer has whatever ring entrance. I remember yeah. when Floyd Mayweather fought. I think was it Juan Manuel Marquez, and he came out in a sombrero. He was like taunting him. He calls himself yeah. the Mexicutioner. And so they they always people always fighters always have these different intro uh, outfits. Uh, Brandon what did yeah. you think of the stoppage was that a good good move by the corner of Deontay Wilder to throw in the
4: towel 100% who cares about the money we need our fighter around
3: What, Brandon do you think um, there should be more of that in MMA hmm. because I see it a lot A lot of these times I mean guys are just taking damage they have no chance of winning a fight and sometimes I've especially at the UFC level I've seen where they need to throw in the towel and you're taking years off your career or do you want to, you know, I, we're all tough in there, Sure, you know, some more than others, but sometimes you're too tough for your own good.
4: Yeah. And I agree with that. I think, um, as a, as a rule of thumb, I think MMA is a little bit better about the stoppages. Um, I don't know if you guys saw the UFC last night. I did. Yeah. There was a controversial yeah. stoppage. Everybody's upset. They said, Oh, well, we know what we're signing up for when we get in there. But if you watch that fight, um, he was extremely wobbly on his feet. I, you mm. know, some people play that rope a dope thing where they act like they're wobbly, and oh, he was. But he up. was he was legitimately wobbly, and uh, he was still throwing. Man, I mean, yeah. let's not let's not take that away from him. He still had a chance, but we know what happened. Is it worth it? And it only would have been a matter of time before he had gone down, yeah. and then you know the ref would have had to have stepped in um, to protect him. So
3: in that situation, the legs don't lie. I mean, right. I mean, he he looked like a, a newborn deer. Like, he's...
4: On ice, I, yep.
5: And,
3: <laughs> you know, it was a controversial stoppage, but we know what was happening there. That guy, uh, the the big Russian, I don't even know his name. There's so many, like, of these awesome Russians coming in from... Uh, in-
2: in- in- Ankelev Inklev yeah. beat uh, Kutelaba.
3: Yeah, he threw... <laughs> Good attempt there. He <laughs> just kept throwing head kicks. I mean, he was about to get his head kicked off. Yeah. And, yeah.
2: That was crazy how many head it. kicks were thrown immediately before
4: that. <laughs> yeah, so for those who are in the audience that didn't see it, he had taken several head kicks, was getting punched in the face multiple times, was on wobbly legs at best, spaghetti legs. But he was still throwing. He was still in the fight. You know, he was still throwing punches. But nobody was going to save him. <laughs> nobody – he wasn't going to stop on his own. And they were – I mean for all intents and purposes everybody but the ref was wanting to see him go down. So I feel like the ref did the right thing even though mm-hmm. it's controversial, even though the fighter is mad about it, but the bottom line is if you were doing what you needed to do to protect yourself, you wouldn't have been in that position. That's right. So it does what it is, man. I I I feel for the refs, man. They've got a hard job. Yeah.
3: They got I mean you got to act on the fly right there. Like I I'm not going to critique him because he, that's the decision he thought he should make at that time. He sees the guy taking so much damage you take like five head kicks in
1: 10 seconds that he's wobbly i mean yeah it, it, you it don't call the fight and the guy ends up dying you know uh obviously uh they're going to be looking at the
2: ref and the opposite yeah. sometimes for a ref it's it's lose lose right i mean so there, yeah. it's a difficult spot to be in yeah george conley received some con- uh some criticism for a stoppage as Derek overstreet beat jesse romans Yeah, I was going
3: to compare it to that.
2: Okay, for a local comparison type situation. I think that was in Bowling Green, uh, Jesse Romans against Derek Overstreet. I don't know, within the past year sometime. And so, you know, that that one could be looked at differently because it looked like Jesse Romans had maybe survived a, a barrage of punches and, ki- and knees and then was maybe yeah. trying to go for a guillotine. Then he stopped it. But you think that was a good stoppage, Jacob? It was. Okay.
3: I mean, we could go back and look at that, and there was so many unanswered strikes. And when you're not, it would be different if he was, like, moving and trying to, like, maybe disengage. But, he, I mean, if you just shell up and you're not moving, and then the ref comes in and then stops it. I mean, it was, like, a weird timing, but it was just – you can't do that. Like, if that was me, if I was just shelled up like this and yeah. taking multiple shots to the body, you know, most of the shots were were to the body. I mean, I've got to move, shoot, or something. If gotta I feel my something. back on the cage, I'm just going to shoot on you, or or just try to turn out. I'm not going to just shell up right here because if you take ten to twelve unanswered strikes to the head or body or not, especially amateur.
2: Yeah. Okay. So that that was amateur. Yeah.
3: Amateur is going to be a little bit different.
4: Was you, that a uh, Connelly? Connolly fight is that who ref that yeah.
3: yeah
4: from what i understand he gave him several warnings to protect himself or improve mm-hmm. his position and yeah. you know when the referee starts talking to you bro it's time to move you yeah. know and you have if to you,
3: you have to be aware of that
4: yeah and if you can't move then it's the the ref's job to stop it, it so. in my
3: last fight um he was uh jacob rex he was uh saying to the ref like he was good like but right before they stopped it well, this was after when they were going to announce me as the winner. Like, oh, so he, he, said, he was mad. He was that, arguing mad about that. the stoppage, okay. and I, I didn't understand that. But he, these fighters, like I, I get it too, though. Like I think a lot of guys would just rather go out.
2: Jacob Pierce is a two-in-one yeah. amateur MMA fighter. Uh, <laughs> first fight of his career was a loss up in Ohio. Very controversial, actually. Not, mm. not as much of a referee type problem, but it was a weird thing that happened with a headbutt. Yeah. uh, Opened up your head, and then they stopped it. And and normally you'd think that would have been no contest, so no winner. Yeah. What happened was I guess Ohio has some rules to where they go to the judges' scorecards. Somehow the third round, only 10 seconds in, all you had done in that round was stuff a takedown. Yeah. Somehow some of the judges gave that round to your opponent. I don't know. Long story short, Jacob lost his first fight. Now on a two-fight winning streak um, as an amateur. And I'll happily say the Kelly Patrick show podcast was behind you the whole way. Oh yeah. Right. After your, your first yeah. loss, you were zero and one and you came in Yeah, now mm. on a two fight winning streak. So uh, I love it. Um, yeah. Once again, the weekend sports buzz here on 96, one FM, 1450 AM. I'm Kelly Patrick. I'm fortunate to do commentary for hard rock MMA, which is hands down, hands down. The most successful MMA promotion in the history of the state of Kentucky was that way even before I started doing commentary for him. Brandon Higdon, Vanessa Higdon do a great job at promoting and matchmaking. Um, you know, So the Weekend Sports Buzz does have somewhat of a combat sports-centric focus. Uh, but we cover everything in the world of sports. The Weekend Sports Buzz group on Facebook, we talk about debate. The top topics uh, in the world of sports, thanks to, once again, Brandon Bishop, who created that group. Although Brandon was, was beat in the polls for the best guest by Jacob Pierce. <laughs> just He was best obliterated.
3: Producer. He was obliterated by me.
2: He was, I hate to say, it, obliterated. If there were to be a poll for the best producer in the history of the weekend sports, history of the Kelly Patrick Show, who would it be between, Brandon?
4: Me and me. I'm killing it.
2: Okay. <laughs> um, but Brandon Bishop would dominate that poll, No question. He, he's recording on Facebook Live as we speak. But he created the Weekend Sports Buzz group.
4: And yeah. the Daryl Ray fan club. <laughs> Let's not forget about that. Who's that? I I've never heard <laughs> of him, actually.
2: Okay, the Kelly Patrick Show podcast is MMA, combat sports centric. There's a, a, a girl in there named Jordan. Jordan. <laughs> Yeah. Let, let's go ahead and address the elephant in the room. I've never met her or talked to her or messaged with mm-hmm. her or anything. No contact with her. Yeah. And she... <laughs> what's that, Chris? <laughs> okay. She got a tattoo on her chest of... What's it, what is it, Brandon?
4: It says KPS. <laughs> what does for, that stand for? That is Kelly Patrick Show. And he's never met her. I've mm-hmm. never met
2: her. I promise I haven't. <sighs> and she now has this tattoo on her chest. I mean, it's visible. It's not like... Um, like you can't, it's not, uh, you know, it wouldn't be pornography if you saw the picture. It's right. on her, her chest uh, above her breast. And she permanently now has that tattoo on there, which is pretty cool.
4: Near her heart.
2: Near her heart. So I think that's reflective of the group growing.
4: Now she's going to have to get a weekend sports bus tattoo because we talked about her on here.
2: Mm-hmm. She has one here, maybe on the other side, weekend yeah. sports bus. Uh, she's a you're walking have billboard. To sign her chest and then she'll get it tattooed Oh, in. that's a All good time. idea. That'd yep. be pretty cool. So the group has grown... <laughs> One of the topics in there, shout out to my man, Dalton Smith. One of the topics that he got stirred up this morning is, is Darren Sproles an NFL Hall of Famer? Yeah. Okay, what do we know about Darren Sproles, Jacob? He, because I had a,
3: I had a lot to, I didn't say anything on that post, but. It's new. It's just over
2: the past, like, hour.
3: Yeah. Um. I mean, he was one of the most electrifying players as far as, like, all-purpose guy. He was a different. He, he was really one of the first guys to do what he what he was doing. Um, he gave a lot of little guys hope too. That you know he was really undersized. Obviously undersized for a running back. Sure, undersized
2: Listed at five for, six one eighty five.
3: Undersized for a slot receiver, but he always found a way to bring something to the team.
2: It definitely. He, he has to be a Hall of Famer. You think so? He has, he has Numbers to be. Numbers-wise, he he is in the yeah. that territory. What what I first remember from Darren Sproles, because keep in mind, he wasn't highly touted coming out of college. Yeah. He was drafted in the fourth round in 2005. He's 36 years old. He's the same yeah, damn age been, as me. He's been around so long. Wow. Okay, so what I remember from Darren Sproles, and he's still in the NFL as a running back and, and return man. I think he just retired. Yeah, I'm sorry. He just retired. You're right. Yeah, he just retired. Okay, but what, what I first remember from him was, remember LT, and Tomlinson? Yeah. When he was putting up all, all those freakish numbers alongside Antonio Gates, Keenan McCardell, and, uh, Phillip Rivers, and yeah. even Drew Brees. Yeah. Probably even back then. So from 2005 through 2010, Darren Sproles was the backup running back to and Tomlinson. Mm-hmm. He was almost a uh, guy who'd run out for little routes on his own. and Tomlinson was putting up freakish Yeah. Record-setting numbers. That
3: third-down back and like third-down shotgun Thank sets. Um, and that's what that's what he is. He's like a great third-down back, um, return man. I mean, he was a a really good return man. Uh, not, I don't know. I, he was returning like the last few years, but definitely leading up to that. I mean, he like you said, he's thirty-six. He was and he, a running back in the NFL. That does, that's very rare in itself. Like that's a. That's a feat in his own
2: to, to have the career he has. Yeah, so at the beginning it was impressive being undersized and being a fourth-round draft pick for him to do what he was doing. Return Punt returns, kick returns, uh, out of the back, backfield receiving. It was all impressive, okay? Mm-hmm. No one thought former or future NFL Hall of Famer at that point. But what has turned into the, the most impressive part of Darren Sproles is his longevity. I'll draw a parallel to maybe Curtis, my favorite Martian, Curtis Martin, okay? Mm -hmm. When you have longevity like that, Dwight Howard in basketball is a similar type case. When you have longevity, you then have to stack up your numbers, and you're like, okay, we never thought he'd be a Hall of Famer, but look at these damn numbers. You cannot ignore numbers. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar played for like 23 seasons in the NFL, so now he's the all-time leader in, in points and rebounds. Yeah. Okay, so you cannot ignore stuff like that. You just can't. But Darren Sproles played... In the NFL from 2005 through 2019, it's unreal for any position. Yeah, it's to play at that level.
1: He's the Cal Ripkin of football, maybe.
2: I guess Cal Ripkin. I think had a couple MVPs, maybe. So right, Cal, he's I, more. I, of I a, like the parallel there. I love drawing parallels between different Iron Man. You know, no, I, I do love
3: it though. He put yeah. up numbers with everybody he was with too. I mean, he was with the Chargers,
2: Eagles, and Saints. And Saints, yeah, and reunited with Bra- Drew Brees. Yeah. Um, He was a Super Bowl champion, three-time pro bowler. He set an NFL record for all-purpose yards during the 2011 season, Mm -hmm. which is crazy. Um, Just an absolute stud over the course of his career. I like the Cal Ripken comparison there, Chris, because we talk about everything in the world of sports here. Sign me up. I'd rather be a third baseman shortstop for however many years Cal Ripken played than what this guy did. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Let's take Jacob Pierce. How tall are you, Jacob? 5'8", no. Okay. I, I'm not 5'6", anymore. Like. Okay, but he's listed. Darren <laughs> like Sproles is listed at 5'6". So, really, if we take Jacob Pierce, you're, you're, you fight at 145, probably walk around like, what, 160? Yeah. Okay. If you were to be in the NFL, you would need to pack on 20 pounds from 160 or 30. So, instead yeah. of 160, I'd you'd be, be 190. Yeah. Emmett Smith was 220. All-time leading rusher in the history of the NFL. Mm -hmm. So as a running back, you need to be a little heavier than what you're at. Yeah. But let's say, Jacob Pierce, you had then played from 2005 through 2019 in the NFL. That is dangerous. you got to be a a warrior to do that. You're getting your ass kicked week in, week out. Um, So what Darren Sproles did, maybe he's not a Hall of Famer. I don't know. Uh, I'd have to really look at the list. He definitely has a strong case. has a very strong case numbers-wise. Yeah. I like the parallels there. You, Cal Ripkins, who you mentioned for his famous streak, yep. Right? Who yeah. else comes to mind for that type of stuff? I said Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Who else comes to mind? We're all sports show. Donald Cerrone. <sighs> um, Vince Carter. Okay. I mean, oh, yes, nice.
3: That's a great one. And he's he's been <laughs> starting up, like not starting now, but I mean, he's played in four different decades. That's unreal. He's the last of that because Derek was in that. He was the last one. It was him and Dirk and now um I think
1: what is it 21 seasons? Is that what 20, it was? No, I think it's more than that. I think it's like 24 now or something crazy. I'll bring it up
2: here, but yeah. I love the Vince Carter mention.
1: Yeah, because that brings in like is he a Hall of Famer? Because Oh, oh
2: absolutely. Goodness. Yes. That's okay. that's one of the first off basketball Hall of Fame garbage.
1: It a, is. They a. they put in way too many. So anytime yeah. you say is I'll he a Hall of Famer,
2: that. the answer is yes. Yeah. Dwight Howard's a Hall of Famer. Yeah. yeah, will be in my opinion. Yeah, you look at So a, at if the Dwight list. Howard is, then yeah, Vince okay. Carter. Yeah. Um but I love the 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 Vince Carter mention.
1: Yeah, it, it's crazy that he's, you know, he stayed in there. I think he was drafted in like 99 or something like that and he's still <laughs> Air Canada. Oh, and the guys he's playing with like weren't even born like Trey Young.
3: I mean, he wasn't, I don't think he was, he wasn't born. No. Because Trey
1: Young's like,
2: what? He's probably 19, 20. It's just unreal. Trey Young's dad probably was a huge Vince Carter fan when he was in middle school yeah. or something like that. I don't know. It's you know? weird yeah. to do that, to, to do
3: that kind of math right there. And, and to still have the hops at that age. Well, what's most impressive to me, though, is LeBron James. Okay. He's, He's carrying around so much weight, man. It is amazing. Well, watching him right now. Arguably playing the best basketball of his career, mm, and don't even get me started on the NBA. I mean, I'm I'm a huge LeBron James fan. Of what he does on the court, outside of the court, more like he it's so it's so fun to watch him. And it, it's hard not to be his fan. I, I cannot, I can't
1: not be a fan of his. Who is winning the NBA Finals this season? The no doubt the Lakers are going to win. That's, wow. that's what I said before the season started. What I mean, that? it's not a big, je- uh, you know.
3: You know, oh, especially out of now with the whole with the whole Kobe thing, there's no way um, LeBron's not going to win a championship. It's almost this year. like it
1: was scripted that way. You know, I know
3: it's it's weird how the the world works, but it's you know, rest in peace to Kobe, but it's gonna it's gonna happen. I I don't see anybody taking yeah, that you, from you've from
1: got LeBron, no two monsters on the team. Gosh, and safety. Anthony Davis, he's a yeah, he's a
2: freak. He's so. a generational type talent mm. in yeah. the NBA too. In you know on his own
1: yeah absolutely and
2: yeah uh, and
3: after lebron's done anthony davis is just going to be he's his level and i like he's developed that three point game yep yeah. i mean he's unguardable you got that right and he can guard pretty much every position yeah, he's he's good everywhere like he it's He's better – like, he's a better defender than than LeBron. Yeah. I mean, LeBron's weird, though. Like, he'll turn up his def- – I think that's what speaks to his longevity. He knows when to turn it on and off. That's mm. right. Like, he can kind of – he puts up these numbers and he kind of coasts through the season. Sure. And you then can. playoff time. Right. I mean, that – The like season is long and he knows – He's so so smart. And yes. he takes care of himself. I think he spends like a million dollars in just
1: taking care of his body alone. Like – He's kind of um, like the Tom Brady of a year, basketball. A Who knows? Is he doing, like, blood transfusions? I don't know, but that guy's... Rich people stuff. Right. I mean, he's... <laughs> Co-
2: Kobe was big on that stuff. Yeah. I remember oh, yeah. that. He was flying to Europe for some stuff, I remember, where he would get some... I don't know about blood spinning or... I don't yeah. know. You know, not illegal stuff. Yeah. But there's some, advan- you know, always advancements and technology. That's what's wild about the Kobe thing is. He had so much money. He put it all back into him. You know, he took care of himself... And at the end of the day, we're all just human, which is crazy. That's right.
3: He was one of those guys that um, you think he's going to live to be 100 years old. And sure. Bill Russell's like, still like around. Like Bill Russell, you're still seeing him. And even whenever it came, the news came from a legit website, I was like, I don't even, I don't believe it. Even up until like like a week after, I was like, no. Because he's one of those guys you think he's just going to be seen around forever uh, and contributing to, to everything, to the game, to women's basketball, his his daughter
2: coming up that that passed two. Yeah. That, it's just a shame. Now, here on the weekend, Sports Buzz, I think we are at our best. We're kind of freestyling, which is what we were just doing, talking about Cal Ripken Jr. and Vince Carter and LeBron. So I appreciate everyone tuning in. I plan on doing that more in the second hour. We want to talk some... Play the hits, some college basketball. Yeah, Chris? we've
1: got a hit on a lot of things in college
2: basketball. It's you please keep bread and butter. Help to yeah. make sure that we stay on track for that because I can go off into some weird little tangents, which is fun. Don't oh, get yeah, me wrong. That's what definitely. I'm here for. We appreciate everyone tuning in. Once again, the title sponsor of the weekend Sports Buzz is Louisville Combat Academy, located at 7908 Beulah Church Road, Louisville, Kentucky, 40228. We appreciate their support. Brandon, you'll be teaching some kids classes there today?
4: Yeah, we'll be beating up children today at That's really o'clock. nice of
2: you. He's yeah. a renaissance well, I'll man, bring Brandon.
1: My, I'll bring my kids by. They need it. He, he yeah, shows up to the station this morning riding a skateboard, man. This guy, it, he, <laughs> he does can do everything. All. A little he can bit do everything. everything. He I'm gets on stage and he's a, he's a, a comedian. I mean, come on, man. I'll,
4: let's be clear. I'm not good at any of it. I don't let but him I do lie a little to you. Bit this guy's amazing at everything.
2: What's your pro MMA record, Brandon? Five and three. Okay, well, compared to everyone who's listening – that's pretty good. It's all right. Okay. Your stand up routine the other day was good. Thank you. Yeah. It was. Jacob, do you see it? Oh, yeah. It was good. I would not say that it's good. I promise you. Avery yeah. has good sets. I mean, 100%. Avery's funny. I tell yeah. him that. I don't just say that. Right. Does
3: that make sense? Well, if oh, yeah. you say that, you're just setting him up for failure. Like, if he wasn't actually funny, then you're just going to be like, right. that's you just don't a bad lie friend. About that. Like, if I was like, hey, Brandon, it's not funny. I wouldn't. message you to hang say, it out. Hey, I man. enjoyed. It. I wouldn't like. I wouldn't react to the video. I mean, it was. Yeah, yeah. Good I'm stuff. not gonna go out of my
2: way to say you you're horrible or you're garbage or anything. If it wasn't funny.
4: Yeah, I want everybody to be still honest be, with me. I would still yeah. be
2: supportive. Yeah. Of you, because it does take guts to get out there, and there's something to be said for that. Even if you do bomb, and statistically, that's what's interesting is you will bomb if you keep going. Yeah,
4: for that sure. That wasn't oh, a yeah. bomb, though. I feel like I I would just wanted to go ahead and get the first one out of the way. That way, it's kind of worst case scenario. So uh, I went to watch, and then ended up actually with a mic in my hand in front of everybody without any material and i figured that's the worst that could happen to me right? <laughs>
2: i did that once i did a five minute set once uh 10 years ago it, with that same mentality i only yeah. prepared for like an hour before yeah i didn't plan on doing it that
3: makes me nervous thinking about it well oh yeah i start can't I, could, <laughs> I can't do that but
2: yet, i'll get into the cage and and
3: just fight in front of everybody no 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 stakes are way worse yeah <laughs> yeah
2: We appreciate everyone tuning in to the Weekend Sports Buzz. We're going to head to a break. we got an entire second hour ahead of us. Louisville Combat Academy buzz line is 502-384-1450. Please give us a call. Get in on the action for Jacob Pierce, for Chris Embry. Of course, behind the glass, we got Brandon Bishop. Stay tuned. We will be back with more of the Weekend Sports Buzz. Welcome back to the Weekend Sports Buzz live here on 96.1 FM, 1450 AM, WXVW, The Big X. I'm Kelly Patrick. Alongside Chris Embry, Jacob Pierce, behind the glass, we got our man Brandon Bishop. Got a lot of great material to talk about in the second hour this morning. Shout out to our man Mo, who's texting in from Colorado. Mo will be back in with us. Uh, soon, I think he said he's going to move back to the area, but Mo is a longtime friend of the Weekend Sports Buzz. I think he's been interacting with the show now, coming in, I don't know, five years? Something wild like that. It's crazy how how fast time goes by. Maybe even, yeah, I'd say five years is realistic. So Mo said that was a wild finish in that Florida State-Clemson game. I like the fact the coach did not call the timeout to let Florida State set up their defense. And that layup by the guard was crazy. Chris, did you see this?
1: Uh, yeah, I've seen some of the uh, highlights from it. I didn't watch the game live. But, um, you know, this is the year for craziness. The mm-hmm. The parody is unreal this year. Um, and, you know, Florida State is a very good team, as we know. Um, but... I was pulling for him to lose anyway. I'm, I want Kentucky to keep moving up to that second, you know, the two spot, uh, you know. And But anyway, yeah, uh, there was a, a lot of crazy uh, things yesterday. A lot of ranked teams got beat. Uh, you got Duke losing again, uh, three of the last four. They got beat by 22, I think, uh, last week uh, to NC State. Then Wake Forest beat them in double overtime by 12. And then, of course, yesterday they got beat by Virginia. Uh, but, you know, uh, the ACC is pretty tough at the top, man. Um, it, it, When you have Clemson knocking off these ranked teams like this but losing to a bunch of nobodies, I don't know how to place that team. And I still would not put them in the tournament. Uh, Yeah, they beat uh, – I believe they beat Louisville, they beat Florida State, and they b- beat Duke. So the top three in the ACC got beat by, you know, Clemson, Uh, but I think they – they're right at uh, maybe three games above 500, maybe, something like that.
2: Okay. Earlier we mentioned Darren Sproles and his longevity. We referenced Vince Carter. I say Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Chris, you mentioned Cal Ripken Jr. Okay, so we're drawing some parallels there. The Louisville Combat Academy buzz line is five zero two three eight four fourteen fifty. It's almost as if, Chris, you mentioned baseball, and this guy called in. That must be Marcus. We've got Marcus <laughs> on the line with us. Marcus, how are you this morning?
6: Well, I'm, I'm doing all right. It, it, right there at the end of the first hour, you made a comment about how sometimes you go out on little, you know, odd sidelines or whatever, so I thought I'd call in, with what? Let's hear it. Well, have you ever seen the show Open All Night?
2: Um, I have not. Anyone seen that show? Nope. Never nope. heard of it. Okay. What is it, Marcus?
6: Well, it's... it's, it's you know, I'll be fair. It is kind of an obscure show because it's on British television. So here in the United States, it's only on public TV, right? Okay. But it's big, it reminds me a lot of this show. There's a, a, a very genial storekeeper who owns a 24-hour convenience store. And the characters in the show are mostly just the people that drop in and visit it. Because, they, you know, they'll talk about sports and politics and say outrageous crap, and then they just leave. And that reminds me of this show, because it's like, you're the storekeeper, Brandon is his assistant, right? Okay. And then you have the callers and the various guest hosts, right? And we came on, we come on, we all have our own takes, our own idiotic things to say, (laughs) uh, and then we hang up. It's like we walk out the door and slam it behind us. And this occurred to me the other day when I was watching it, and I was like, you know, if they're having one of those weird days on the sports show... I'll have to call in and mention
2: that. I like it, Marcus. I've tried to, in my mind, think of what type of skills I bring to the table. Like the Kelly Patrick Show podcast, for example, has grown. Okay, so if I were to put myself into a box and try to quantify what my skills are, if I'm being honest, I would say the Kelly Patrick Show podcast is pretty funny, but I wouldn't even say it's necessarily that I'm real funny. It's kind of that I try to recognize like funny guests and stuff. Does that make sense? You choreograph. Yeah, so it's almost like I'm a producer <laughs> more so. Does that make sense, Brandon? Yeah, yeah. So I like the parallel there, Marcus. I'm yeah, with you fun. on that, and that's the same type of uh, uh, brand or product here on the weekend sports bus. So I'm with that, Marcus. I like the comparison. Mm-hmm.
6: Well, that's something. Hey, uh, how about Duke giving up 113 points? Or <laughs> was it 160? I can't remember.
1: Ha- Everybody's happy about that, aren't Absolutely. they? Absolutely. Yeah. But what do you think about them? Uh, you know, they've. They stay in the rankings after they lose every time. What is up with that, Marcus? Do you think that's about right, or uh, is it favoritism or what?
6: Well, I think these days the rankings in college basketball are just – I don't want to say a joke because there has to be some validity to it, but I think that when you have Duke losing to Stephen F. Austin and then giving up 113 points in the same season, but yet they've won 20-something games – and they're in the top three in the ACC, the default reaction is, oh, let's just keep them in the rankings, right? Yeah. It's just like UK, right? Yep. I mean, they lose to, uh, who was it, Bowling Green? Evansville. Evansville. Utah. Yeah, right? Yep. Yeah. So, but still, they keep winning games, but they're in first place in their conference. Why would you drive them out? You know, so the the other thing is, it's not like we had a sudden surge in the Pac-12, and now, you know, you got eight teams in the Pac-12 that are good, and they're taking up the rankings. Right. It's almost like the traditionally good teams, well, who else are you going to put in there instead of
1: them? That's right, right. yeah. You've got so many teams uh, getting knocked off right now. Every week, uh, it's just a reshuffle of the top teams in the Power Five, really. And, and then you sprinkle in, you know, Creighton, Dayton, Uh, some other teams, small teams, you know. But, yeah, I mean, uh, this year is... Now,
6: now, now wait there. Now, wait, wait, Chris. I got to stop you there.
1: Okay. Because
6: you just referred to to the Power Five, and I want to know who you think those five schools are. I mean, those five conferences are.
1: Well, I mean, it's traditionally going to be the SEC, the ACC, Big Ten, uh, Big 12, and Pac-10 is... uh, who i would think it is
6: well that might be true in football but that is not correct in basketball you're right i mean routinely puts more teams you're right than at least two of those conferences in the tournament every year and a couple of years ago put seven teams in the tournament and there's only 10 teams in the conference
1: you're right you know yeah they get uh left out of the conversation a lot it don't make sense to me uh I think when they're talking about the Big Five, it's it's the uh, the Big Five money producers rather than uh, the Big Five uh, producing on the court. You know, um, but you're right. You know, the Big East has got some really tough teams, and uh, you know, it's uh, I think they're going to make some noise as well. Um, but it, it's one of those years, man. Where it's a toss-up. Uh, who's the best team? There's nobody you can really point to from week to week that name changes. So,
6: Well, I agree. And I think that's a definite foreshadowing of what's coming in the next couple of years as the NBA does away with the age requirement, And you're going to see college basketball have a whole new look because teams that rely on you know NBA first-round talent stopping by for a year are going to get flushed.
1: Right. Mm, yeah. You're
6: going to have to recruit actual college basketball players, and you're going to have to actually coach. You're not going to be able to just roll the ball out like Roy Williams and John Calipari have done for a long time, <laughs> and be like, "Okay, I got five NBA players, and you don't, so we're going to win."
1: Well, you know what, Marcus? What we're really going to see, and just remember, I told you this: John Calipari is going to get the top guys from the previous. Uh, or the next uh, recruiting class to reclassify. He's still going to get the top players no matter what. Somehow these guys can just move a grade and start college early. Do I think it's all uh, above water? Hell, no, it's not. It, it, there's, it, It's a corrupt system, and is going to find the best way to get the best players no matter what system it is.
6: All right, well, let me ask you this. Anybody that's there can answer this question. Uh Out of these schools, who will be the first to win a national championship? Kentucky, Louisville, North Carolina, Duke, or Villanova?
1: Wow.
4: That's a toss-up.
1: I'm going to, well, I'm a Kentucky fan, and I'm going to say Kentucky because I think they're cutting it down this year. Go ahead. I don't know. What do you guys
2: got? Man, I guess I'll default to Duke just because that's the easy answer. Jacob, I, Jacob. Um, my
3: dad would kill me if I don't say U of L. Okay, they're but, up there as well. Absolutely. Okay, I like what Chris Mack is bringing to that program. Um, I wouldn't put them out of that realm, but I'll have to go with the talent that UK brings every year. I mean, it's just gonna—it's only a matter of time for that click. And it always seems like around the time they need to get hot, they get hot. That's right. I mean, I'm not
1: a UK fan by any means, but. They I don't know have how, how that happens favorite. every year just by rolling the balls out, though, do you? Mm. You know, uh, he's never given credit because he recruits at such a high level, but I'm going to tell you this uh, he gets everything out of his players look at the nba what these guys have done from kentucky now look at all the players that went to duke where they at well with with calipari though they come back to like john wall
3: that's right He, he builds relationships i respect that out of calipari he he builds
1: genuine relationships with his with these top guys they're bringing in yeah and and, you know, he does get all that. All he gets the best defensive performance out of every player he has
2: at any position. No. And
1: somehow he gets them to play amazing that. defense.
2: I'm with you on that. Cal is a very underrated, I'd say X's and O's coaches, but in particular, I'd say defense. And Rick was too. Rick Patino and Cal Perry both, you got to play like real serious defense to get minutes for them. And that's how they then. Mm-hmm have success.
1: Right. I mean, does anybody talk about X's and O's in the NBA? No, they don't. No. Because Calipari is running a NBA-style system at Kentucky, he's somehow dinged for not being a good coach. Well, he's getting these guys ready for the next level, and you don't set have a lot of set plays. You have, you know, some thang, things you do, but you make mm-hmm. it simple, and you let your guys play ball Let's without thinking play. too much. right? So, you know. I understand a lot of people get on him about the, oh, he's just rolling the balls out, but the man produces, you know.
2: Marcus, great input. Thank you very much for the call. Before we let you go, anything else you'd like to chime in on?
6: Did you guys watch any of that uh, Democratic clown car show this week?
1: (laughs) Politics are rigged, man, just like sports. We know this. Go ahead. What are
2: your thoughts on that, Marcus?
6: Well, I've... you know, it reminded me a little bit of the Republican debate a few years ago. Hold on, I'm at McDonald's. They might come on and ask me to make my order.
1: Tell them I want to a large frappe.
2: Okay. Thank you.
7: <laughs> what would you say? Get them for you? I should have, right?
2: <laughs> Marcus, thank you so much for your call. Any closing words of wisdom? Vote for Trump. Oh, my God. (laughs) Great stuff, as always, from our man Marcus. Thank you so much. Once again, the Louisville Combat Academy buzz line is 502-384-1450. We encourage you to give us a call. Get in on the action. We're going to head back to the buzz line. We have our man. The Truth is on the line with us. Truth, how are you this morning? Hello. Truth, are you there, buddy? Yeah. What do you have for us this morning, sir? Good morning. Good morning. Out of here. Good morning, Good morning to you. What about your Hoosiers? Oh, well,
5: what about Mr. Landis? Mr. Landis going not
2: air you. Okay. Floyd Landis? Who's that? Floyd Landis? Uh, well, you think that's uh, uh,
5: the number one point guard in the country. Uh, oh, that's right. Oh, that's
1: right. Oh, okay, Indiana
2: landed a five-star player. Oh, gotcha. Right? Okay, that's mm. why we got our man Chris Embry in here is to talk the recruiting and the basketball side of things. Tell us about this point guard, Truth.
5: He's the real deal. Uh, he's uh, I'm telling you who he, who he played like. He played like Mike Conley. He's better than Mike Conley. Mm. with Mike Conley, that's that. how good he is. We ain't had a point guard like a true point guard like that. You we know, don't. We had Eric Gore, but. This guy, I watched him play uh, against Ballsy, uh pl- Friday night. Uh, the guy is a limit for him. I mean, t- he's put it like he's he's the next thing since Isaiah Thomas at Indiana. He's he's better than Romeo.
1: Look, they they named a park after Romeo Langford, and that guy is MIA. Uh, I love your truth, but try not to get uh, too far ahead of yourself on this guy because. I mean, I'm not saying he. Go ahead.
5: Let me tell you what separate him between him and Romeo. I know everybody's saying Romeo. I'm gonna tell you why. What separate him to him and Romeo? This guy, he can he can dribble. He can play defense. He he's so fast. But see, here's the here's the here's the thing. Uh, p- uh, people don't know about him because we built Romeo up since he was a freshman. This guy right here is just laid back, and he and when he go to Indiana, he won't be disappointed. I'm telling you, he's better than Romeo. will I'll, I'll let him. words. Myself, I'll, I'll put, tell you right now, I'll let him and Romeo play a one-on-one. He'll kill Romeo.
1: Well, I mean, they're going to have to step their game up. I mean, they're going to have to name the airport after this kid. <laughs> you know, I mean... Uh but you know I am teasing you. Uh you've got to be excited. It's great sign uh for Indiana basketball. Uh they're off the bubble it looks like on Joe Lenardi's uh site. Uh w- what seed do you think they're going to have in the upcoming tournament?
5: Uh we can, well listen. Uh, listen. Listen. We're going we're going to make the tournament but let's get let's get back on uh Mr. Landon, okay. do you remember the last time? Last time Indiana got a player from uh, in Evansville, His name was Calbert Chaney. He was not. He was not ranked, and people. Uh, he didn't win Mr. Indiana, but what he turned out to be, the all-time leading scorer in Indiana.
1: Yeah, and we're talking he about was, Bob Knight coaching him, right?
5: Yeah, and mm-hmm. we talk about Mr. We talk about Mr. Crystal Landon. and not only that, and I heard this from. Uh, if he was, if he stay in the 2021 class, he could be ranked number three in the nation. So, if he must be something, oh
1: right yeah, around. he's gonna be a good player. Absolutely, some some players, uh, uh, you know. Take a little bit longer to actually like, shine. I don't
5: like. I don't like what you said. Great player, uh, he, a good player. He's gonna be a great player. When we, when we uh, listen, when I tell you something, you can take to the bank. That's why they called me the truth. I know this guy. I have seen him play. He, I'm gonna tell you who who kind sister. Where she is. He's in the same situation that Anthony Davis was. Anthony Davis played at a high school. Was no good. So he didn't get that recognition. But what he got at Kentucky was a different story. And this is the kind of player team he played on. He's like Anthony Dyke. He ain't playing on a
2: good team. That's why he ain't get all the uh, hype. Mm. What about the Hoosiers this year, Truth? As of right I now, Lenardi has them at like what, an eight or a nine seed? Nine seed. Nine seed. So what what type of noise are they going to make in the tournament this year? Is Archie Miller on the hot seat? Let's just ask the real questions.
5: Listen. Archie Miller is not on the hot seat. I wish y'all stop saying, man. We're gonna get a six seed. Listen, I'm telling you, Indiana best. Listen, when Crystal Landers gets there, it's gonna be the next year. It's gonna be the best team Indiana had since Isaiah. Listen, Crystal Lander is a life changer. See, y'all boys ain't seen me play. he's, yeah, he's paying, he's paying he's you? Like,
1: yeah, but you you know one player can't make a team though, and I'm not saying. Hey, go ahead.
5: Listen, now let me break something up to you. When I told y'all when Cody Zeller sat with IU, I said IU program will be back on the man. In two years, we became number one team in the country, right or wrong. What,
1: yeah, I think, right and they got knocked out in the Sweet Sixteen. But you know,
5: and now and now what's the man coming there. This, we're gonna be better than the two thousand thirteen team and I'm out of here. I'm I'm hey Crystal Landis, you know why I like Crystal Landis? I have watched him come up and he's he's laid back and I can promise you this, we won't have no problem shooting three points. I can promise you this we won't have, he won't miss no layups. Okay. I can promise you this. He'll shoot about 88% at the free throw line, and he'll shoot 53 from the three-pointer because he's the real deal like Holy shit and I'm mad.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I love the truth. Truth, thank you very much for your call. Truth has been calling in. I've been here on the weekend sports buzz every Sunday morning for like almost nine years now. Truth has been calling in since day one, okay, and I love the truth. A good, couple, good content. Good content for sure, and he's a, ba- a, a, a sports Historian, he's a Yankees fan, okay? Yep. He's a big big Hoosiers fan, if you didn't pick up on that. Uh, I'll, oh, yeah. I'll, I'll continually reference, on two separate occasions, preseason for Indiana Hoosiers football, he's predict, predicted the Hoosiers to run the table and win the national championship.
1: <laughs> now, I mean, <laughs> uh, we will kill him right off the bat on the football because they ended up winning, what, nine games? They had a
2: very impressive season this past year, which admittedly, I was dead wrong. I did not predict that. That's right. Uh, But he mentioned Landis, and I—I my mind, I didn't know who he was talking about, okay? Now, maybe that's a name I need to remember, Chris? Uh, I thought he was talking about the cyclist, Floyd Landis, who ratted out Lance Armstrong. (laughs) And I thought thought he was drawing a parallel for uh, longevity, because Landis, I guess, had a pretty good run for cycling. So, yeah, I was completely confused on that. But I appreciate the truth. I do. Landis... I'm familiar now with some point guard who's going to shoot 88% from the line, and it's going to be the next, I guess, Calbert Chaney or Isaiah Thomas? I'm not saying he couldn't be, um,
1: but, you know, the problem is is a lot of these guys are built up to be that uh, before they've even bounced the ball one time at the next level, and uh It's a different game, man. you got to think. It keeps getting condensed from high school to college. You only take the best. Then from college, obviously, NBA.
2: I mean, he's going to be playing against guys just as good every day. The Big Ten is pretty tough. Yes. Okay, it's difficult to win on the road in the Big Ten. It's been a pretty good year for the Big Ten. And so we'll see. Now, the Hoosiers, I asked him if Archie Miller's on the hot seat. He said that was blasphemy. Okay, but I mean – he really kind of is. Now, if they make a solid run, let's say they get out of the first round, they make it to the Sweet 16, no, no longer on the hot seat. But traditionally, Indiana Hoosiers are a, a basketball power, and you have standards for a program like that. Right. you gotta, you got to produce. And thus far, Archie Miller honestly just has not. Now, I want to encourage our listeners, if you're on Facebook, join the Weekend Sports Buzz Facebook group. Shout-out to my man Terry Coulter, who has been very interactive On the page today, what he has presented is a pro Darren Sproles in the NFL Hall of Fame argument. If you look at his numbers, due to the longevity, Darren Sproles is a Hall of Famer.
3: Yeah, I mean, he put up the numbers. It doesn't matter how long he played. I mean, are we going to do that? We're going to have? Do you have to get these certain amount of numbers in a certain amount of years to be a Hall of Famer? Yeah, it's a sliding scale. I guess. Like, okay, well, quarterbacks are putting up these ridiculous numbers because they're playing l- – I don't
1: – Do you have know. to look at his playoff numbers? Uh, you know, did, did he produce anything in the postseason? He, you know what I'm saying? Uh, some people look at it like hey, if you don't have a ring, you 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 don't belong in this group. or okay. You know what I'm saying? I, I don't agree with that. I think your numbers – you can only control what you can control, and yeah. that's you and your numbers. Especially at – it's hard – with a team
3: game like that, like that's this, right. That's what I'm saying. You can't do it all. That's is
2: different. Like I, you don't need a ring to. That's to right. say absolutely. You,
3: you you need to be in the Hall of Fame. It man. brings
2: up an interesting conversation. Okay, and I always mention him probably more than any other radio personality does. But Joe Smith. Okay, Joe Smith played <laughs> basketball for Maryland. He had a real good college career. He was the number one overall pick in the NBA draft in 1995. Versus those type of expectations, was he a bust? Sure. Okay. But he had that one word that we mentioned earlier, longevity. Okay. He went on to play for 16 years in his career. So in hindsight, he made a bunch of money. Okay. Yes. Put up some pretty good numbers. He played from 95 in the NBA through n- from 95 through 2011. Now people can say, oh, Joe Smith was a bust, this, that. He was a skilled six foot ten power forward who rode the bench a lot. But he made a ton of money. Was he a bust? No, because if you compare him against other busts like Kwame Brown, total the entire <laughs> oh, <that's> a- <laughs> career statistics, Anthony Bennett, most Trust recently,
1: yes, yeah.
2: from uh, UNLV. Oh, he's definitely not a bust.
1: But it, what did he draw fans? I don't know. Maybe not people. A lot of
2: people listening may not
1: even recognize the name Joe. Uh, Smith. It's such a a bland. I mean, uh, nothing
2: against him, but it's just his a, name. His name is just like you know. But number one overall pick. In 95, okay, so I guess what I'm saying is you can make the ar- – everything – there's a lot of gray area when it comes to evaluating careers, and you can make the argument, yeah, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is the all-time leader in scoring and rebounds in the history of the NBA. Yeah. Yeah. He, he should team. be. He played for 23 seasons. Yeah. You could make he that argument. Championships. Yeah. He won six titles, too. That's right. <laughs> and he was only eligible to play college basketball for three seasons. And guess what? All three of those seasons, he won the National Championship. The Player of the Year. And the College Player of the Year. Kareem is the goat in my eyes. Yeah. The Louisville Combat Academy buzz line is 502-384-1450. We're going to head back to the buzz line. I love when he calls in. He listens every week, but he doesn't always call in. I love you, Blue. How are you this morning?
8: Um, I'm doing really good, Kelly. Thanks for the compliment, man. Hey, I want to... Um I'd like to comment on what Chris said a little while ago about Calipari, about God, Calipari. Hey, Chris, there's a, there's a reason why people say Calipari's not coaching. It's because he's not coaching them. He's getting NBA players that's already ready for NBA. I mean, come on, man. A coach, the first thing a coach is known for is putting players in a position to win. And, and, and as far as, as that's concerned... Who would know better how, how to use a zone in California? He's the one that got got shut out from a one-to-patter 4 You know why? Because West Virginia used a zone against players that couldn't get, get into the basket, forcing them to shoot. A coach implements his style into the players, Chris. Mm. Uh, they don't go get great players. That's why he projected a, a failure so far in his career at Kentucky. He, he's getting failure? the top team. Every year he gets the top five elbows And what did he do with him?
1: I, have he, you ever? Eight,
8: when when they projected to go to the final four and win it all, he doesn't do that. He, he, and 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 they have a coach Cal. Uh, uh, he he puts them in a, a so so called um, Calipari thing for so many months. You know why they get better, Chris? Because they're used, They're getting
1: used to playing together after a while. They're the only they ones that, that get better, though, right? You're wrong, bro. You're wrong. <laughs> okay, let me I tell you. something. Hear. Let me talk real quick. <laughs> oh my goodness. Let me tell you something. You're wrong because here's the problem. Calipari, first of all, he is in the Hall of Fame, dude. You're insane. Second, okay, uh, look at what these players do when they go to the NBA. How about Duke players, right? What what, what happened last night? He won the 49th SEC regular season championship. I didn't even bring it up because we are used to it. Who cares? They won 49th. But let me tell you something else. Uh, These players – he gets them to play as a team. Why can't, you know, why is it these other teams that get all these good players? Kentucky's not the only uh, team that gets NBA players, man. Okay. Let, Go let, ahead. Let's
2: let Blue finish up his call because, Blue, like I said during the intro, I love you. I love your calls. You have been, for a little bit of reference, Blue, for how many years have you been a Kentucky basketball fan? How many years?
8: I, I cannot hear what you're saying. I, I'll, I'll just okay. I, I didn't hear what you're saying. Sorry, but, but my comment is that a, a coach does that. Uh, a coach, uh, I mean, he puts his style. Uh, a coach, players like to The coach, what I'm trying to say, he don't know those players. He, he's gonna buy hearsay. He he just the highest rated players he can get. And, and what how's he teaching them? What 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 would he have done to, to, to Wiseman? Not one thing. He's already NBA ready. He does. He, he gets a lot of undue credit. I'll tell you something else about Calipari. He's big time because of what he does. He gets big players. He fits Kentucky styles. That's why he's good for Kentucky man. He's not doing one thing for them NBA players. How come it takes a Richardson so long to get ready? You know why? He's getting into the system. He was projected a NBA for the first round. He's still in his junior year. What happened to God Cal's That part? God, Cal.
2: Huh? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Blue, as always, we appreciate your thank call. Thank you. Thank Tell you. Me, thank you. You are very welcome. Thanks for the call. Blue, I love Blue. You know why? He's mentioned it on the air before. I think he's 67, 68 years old. He's been a Kentucky fan. I forget the exact number for like 60 years. Okay. Closet Louisville fan. You closet Louisville yeah. fan?
4: He might call back on that one.
2: <laughs> I right, call back in, Blue. It's not the first time he's been I'll called have
4: to, to close
1: you back in your place again. But anyway, uh, he calls in with the same crap every time he calls in. Okay? Do you think he's actually a Kentucky fan or he's, he's- no? He's not. But let me tell you something. Uh, uh, he's dead wrong because I, n- I next week call in. I'm gonna have some numbers ready for you, Blue. <laughs> Okay, just for you. (laughs) You got him fired up. Cal has won one title. I'm just tired of the same call every time, dude.
2: You know. Kentucky's looking good right now. What would it take for Blue to be happy? Calipari getting fired. So if they win the title and they have guys who are shooting the ball.
1: If you're a Kentucky fan, why would you not bring up that they just won the uh, SEC last night? A Kentucky fan would bring that up. Okay right? He don't ever bring up when they win. When they win, he don't say anything. When they lose, he calls in and says, see, Calipari sucks. Okay, well, That's Blue, not a Kentucky fan.
2: Blue, I know you're listening. Blue is a very long-time, loyal listener. Calls in, not every week. Sometimes, but I still love you, Blue. Oh, I love Blue. I know you do, Chris. I love Blue. I really do because you can tell he knows his stuff. He was a fan when Joe, uh, not only Joe B. Hall but Adolph Rupp was a coach. I mean, right? I get, Yeah, I Adolph Rupp, yeah, I guess he was. Yeah. If he's 67, yep. Okay. So he has perspective, and Truth does, true. Truth has been a fan of, I think Truth is about the same age, too. And Carolina Steve, who has not called in today, but I love on the weekend sports was sports nerds who have perspective, and it differs a little bit.
1: And I want you know this, I'm not a blind Kentucky fan that just, look, I call Calipari out all the time. I give Louisville props all the time. Yeah, uh, I'm not, but but you, it's you so did, old. I'm tired little, of you I'm did tired get a little,
3: of a
2: little bit heated this morning. I'm just I tired have of noticed,
3: it. I couldn't tell, like when we first got here, I couldn't tell
1: who you were a fan of because you was giving Louisville some some props.
2: Right,
3: kind
1: of. I was like, okay, I don't know, but Louisville, hey man, they've got a good team. This is their year to do something. You're you're
3: more like how I am at yeah. the situation. Like, uh, obviously, U of L is my team, but.
1: If UK's doing good, I have I have to give them their props. Right. I'm just being – I'm just hating. And, and I, the I thing is, it don't bother – here's the thing. It don't bother me. Anybody can say whatever. I mean, we're all human. We all have our own opinions. But when I hear the same thing constantly, dude, I'm tired of it. For real. He's in the Hall of Fame for rolling the balls out, right? Give me a break, dude. Give me a break.
2: Okay. Well, I mean, I appreciate your enthusiasm, Chris. I do. Jacob, what are you? What's passionate. your take on all this? It's
3: Passionate, man. That's
2: passion right there. If you could bottle that passion, I'm,
3: I'm fired up now. <laughs>
1: well, Sorry, man. Hey, I just, you know, nope. sometimes I'm too reserved. And that's okay. And my caffeine just kicked in.
2: It's turned into a little bit of a rivalry between mm. Blue and Chris, but that's yeah. nothing new. Man, I love Blue. I, like I that. do don't,
1: too. Don't misconstrue
2: it. I don't have any hate in my heart, man. I love Blue. You know what I love about Blue is he calls in a lot of times. Brandon, you can. You can uh, attest to this. Blue calls in sometimes and says, I don't want to be on the air, but I want you guys to say this. And he'll, like, correct something we were saying. Right, Brandon?
4: Yeah, sometimes he just calls in with a comment. He's like, I don't need to be on there. Just just say this for me.
2: I honestly love Blue. And I love truth, too.
4: Uh, I love the truth.
2: Uh, Carolina Steve. We used to have a guy called named Kevin who would call in. We haven't heard as much from him recently. Um, but they kind of come in waves, Jacob. You never know who's going to call in here. On should,
3: the um try to get Terry Coulter to call in because he he's weighing in a lot on the Darren Sproles. He is. Yes. He asked how we feel, but I can't comment back right now. But Why not? We need to, well, on, on Facebook. Oh, I don't you know, can't, I can't comment. You can't yeah, sit I'm here, here gonna, on your phone right I'm now. Not gonna Kelly, uh, I'm not going to
1: multitask. Kelly, I'm going to ask you a question. Who's the best coach of right now in college basketball? Coach K, no question. There's
2: no question. Coach K.
1: Okay. Now. There's no debate there.
2: There's no debate. If someone debates that, call in. I'd love to hear your
1: argument. So using Blue's argument, with Coach K, he's a failure. Why? But if we're talking about what they do... Has it, he won four titles? He hasn't advanced these players. He's not talking about championships. Well, of course, they, they've they won the championships. But if he has advanced those players to their ultimate goal of getting them to the NBA, I'm bringing the numbers next week.
2: Who's the most successful player that
1: Coach K has put into the NBA? Ever? Uh, it would take me a minute to think ever. But, I mean... In the last, say. Yeah, let's say ever. Grant Hill.
2: Grant El- Hill. Elton
1: Brand had that longevity word. Elton Brand. I mean, really, look at these names. They have had the, the, you know, they have been able to pick the best of the best before Calipari came to Kentucky. I've got
2: to be leaving some people. All right, so Coach K, admittedly, I said four, I looked it up, has won five NCAA five. titles. Um. He has been a coach from 74, head coach from 75. But his players weren't NBA current. ready, right? Only Calipari's players were NBA ready. Do you see the problem? I mean, I, I, I see your argument. I also see Blues, though, I guess. Right. Because he, he, he doesn't like that they lack shooters. Kentucky lacks shooters. Yeah. And coach I K had J.J. Redick. Man, right. They do get some good players. Absolutely. I mean like Jason they
1: Tatum, do. we just got
3: There Zion. We go
2: Jason
1: Tatum, Zion, Zion, Zion. out right yes. now. Like, like that's Barrett. some recent guys. Uh, but those guys coach K created Zion, right? See what I'm saying? Coaches do what they do, players do what they do. Players get themselves ready also for You can't really I think coaches get too much uh credit for uh player development because it's really personally your responsibility to get yourself ready. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Um, but anyway, you know, I just think, uh, yeah. yeah. Now, Kyrie if we're Irving, talking about yeah, what has yeah, Calipari um, done with those players, Calipari has not performed well at all when it comes to what he has done with the players he's gotten. He's won one championship, four Final Four. Yeah, he's done good. I shouldn't say that. But the Kentucky should have three titles under Calipari. So he's failed at that. Absolutely. Okay. I will call him out every time on what he's failed at. Yeah. But he don't just roll the balls out. That's
2: insane. Dude. The Louisville Combat Academy buzz line is 502-384-1450. We're going to head back to the buzz line where we have the man himself, Terry Coulter. He's been on the show with us before in the past, many times. Terry, how are you this morning? What do you have for us? Uh, pretty good. How are you doing? Doing very good. Appreciate your your contribution to the show this morning and your interaction on the the weekend sports Plus Facebook page. What's up with you?
7: Oh, nothing. Uh, uh, man, I like I like Dalton, but he posts some uh, <laughs> some super controversial takes at times, and I love mm-hmm. to get in debates with him. So uh, that's what happened this morning. I wasn't sold on Darren Sproles as a Hall of Famer, uh, and so I seen that post and instantly i'm drawn to debate with him so i start looking into the numbers and like you said man the numbers don't lie yeah, longevity don't lie uh you got three running backs in the hall of fame right now with worse numbers
2: i think he's a lock who are the three uh, off the top of my head i don't have it in front of me who are the three
7: uh it was paul hornig
2: okay um, Wow.
7: larry kinsaka okay and uh who was the other one I looked up?
2: One second. Okay, then that's okay if you don't have it, but those are two amazing old, uh, local, uh, you know, uh, uh, relatively local ties. Uh, Larry Zonka, um, uh, Paul Horning. Okay, and so then another one, but I love it. Um, Terry Coulter, what else has you going in the world of sports this morning? Uh, you're breaking up. I can't hear you. What would you say? Sure. What else in the world of sports intrigues you today?
7: What in the world of sports has intrigued me today? Yes. Uh, John Morant. Let's talk about John Morant.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm what glad I you brought him up. Okay.
7: Um, baller. I wanted the Chicago Bulls, I'm, a, I'm an avid Chicago Bulls fan. I wanted the Chicago Bulls to try to get him if there was any way possible. I knew <laughs> the kid was going to be a stud. He played his college ball here locally at Murray State. Um, uh, excelled, you know, got better, got better. In the NBA, a lot of people didn't think he was going to be what he's being. There was a guy that tried to call him out and say he looks like he's not the same as he was at the beginning of the year and all this. And then he goes out and puts on that performance against the Lakers and beats LeBron and AD. So let's talk John Morant, man, John Morant.
3: Yeah, in the maturity he shows as such a young player. I mean, his first year, it's unreal. His court vision, just the way he's leading the Grizzlies. I know they don't have the best record, but – there I mean you have to be excited if you're a fan of that team. Can, you have to be very can excited. Can we
7: think of a point guard? Can we think of a point guard in recent years that looked that good this young outside I, I of I can't
2: Rose? I can't think of one. Outside of who? Terry, did you say Derrick Rose? Yeah.
7: Yeah, outside of Derrick Rose. Okay. We can't think of a point guard that's looked really and it's different game. To an extent, John Moran will put you on a poster just like Derek Rose did. You got
3: to shout out – he's second-year – you got to shout, um, he, shout out
1: Trey Young. I, yeah. Shade gilchrist Alexander's but, but. done pretty good, but he, not on the same level. Yeah.
3: yeah. yeah ja is
1: more of a true – he's
3: that true point guard. I mean, Trey's like – I mean, he's just a scorer. Like he right. – I won't say he's just a scorer, but that's what he brings to the table. Jai can beat you – yeah, I mean he he's a court, he's a floor general. That's what he is. Absolutely. I mean he Trey, can do whatever he Trey needs has,
7: to. Trey has gotten better at his passing ability in the NBA. I give him that. He mm-hmm. come into the NBA. I thought he was just going to be a, a James Harden volume scorer type guy. Yeah. But he's gotten better at his passing. He's he's getting his double doubles. He's getting the team involved. Yeah. And he's got the Atlanta franchise looking marketable again. At that, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. they outside of Josh Smith. The Josh Smith years, they've kind of been down. Yeah, and you know? they're bringing so in some guys. They needed for a face to bring them back up.
3: They just got uh, Clint Capella. They try to get it. They're they're trying to build for him. It seems like, and and that's exciting. But yeah, John Morant, man, he he makes me watch. He can, I have to watch his games. Like I I can't miss him John, playing.
7: I think John Morant can carry you. I think Trey Young, you got to build a team around.
1: Okay, that's a good point. Absolutely. I like that.
7: John Morant, John Morant's like a smaller. Uh, I hate to make this comparison, man. I really do, but he's like a he's like a smaller LeBron. Wow. Uh, he, he, he facilitates. Yep. He's going to make people better around him to where I think Trey Young is. He's going to get his twenty to thirty shots a game. If he don't get ten to twenty assists, he's okay with it. But John Morant, he prides himself on his assists. He prides himself on getting his team involved, and he's a defender. He's a dog on defense.
3: Mm-hmm. He, he just has that that IQ. That, he has those things that you you can't really. You can't really teach. It's just, I mean, he was farmed to become become what he is now. Without, he had his dad super involved, his uncle. Um, I mean, he's just from a basketball family, and that shows. I mean, he, he's just such a
2: smart player, true point guard. All right, Terry, what do you think of this comparison? My man Moe just texted in, Damian Lillard, his rookie season. That's a good one. Yeah. Who is it? Damian Lillard.
7: Yeah, Damian Lillard. Yep. Yes. Yes. Damian Lillard, uh, top three best, top five best. I can't say top three, but top five basketball player in the NBA right now. Okay. He just went over a stretch. I think it was like a, a six-week stretch. My man was averaging forty-five. Oh my yes. You know? Yes. Well. And it was it was efficient. It was efficiency. He wasn't taking thirty, forty shots and shooting thirty percent. He was shooting, you know, a good percentage from the floor. And dropping 45 points. His defense is what lacks, and he's in the West, so I think he gets overlooked a lot in the West. But Damian Lillard in the East, probably second-best player behind Giannis. Okay. I lied. KD's in the East now. I lied. So KD's in the East. So third-best player behind KD and Giannis.
2: Okay. Terry, as always, we appreciate you. We appreciate your call. Thank you very much. Have a great rest of your weekend. Thank you, Terry Coulter.
7: You too, guys. Appreciate you.
2: Great stuff there. Shout-out to Terry Coulter. It, he deserves to be mentioned in that conversation. Yeah, I, I didn't know. Absolutely.
3: I've just recently, like, kind of been, like, I've talked to him before. Like, I, I didn't know he was he was into, you know, bat, uh, apparently he's into basketball. He lot, is. Like, I need
2: to have him back in here yeah, on the show. He's
3: because another because
2: MMA guy that, that definitely can talk more than just fighting, which is cool. Shout out to Terry Coulter. I think his amateur MMA record is eight and three. He wanted to make a pro debut over the past year, and the commission wouldn't allow him to, which, man, that's a whole different can of worms. Uh, I bet if he were to fight again as an amateur, he could soon thereafter make a pro debut. He's good, man. He's yeah, good. Terry yeah. has a family. He's into coaching football. He does a lot of things. Um, so he doesn't. All, he's not always training as much, but you ask anybody who ever has trained with Terry Coulter, and they say, man, that guy's really talented
4: trying to talk him into coming back up to louisville combat academy with us are you yeah no reason for him not to
2: i what people say is he's kind of a he's long he fights at 145 um he, he fit right in i mean we got a bunch of yeah little guys here. For almost sure. almost built like lance lawrence maybe i he's mean he's perfect for our team yeah he he's long but he people say he's maybe a, a, a natural striker he's got those long arms he moves i've real seen a couple well. of his
3: fights he he seemed like a really good boxer. Yep. Um, but uh, savvy on the ground, like he know he, he's he's complete. What sucks for him is he's got a really good record. He's ready to turn pro. Sure. Why I take an amateur fight though? It's like I get like take yeah. that he could take another one. But if I'm in his shoes, if I have eight, if I'm eight and three and I'm ready to go pro, I'm not. Why I'm Why would you. I take an amateur fight? Gabe, why Gabe am I, Fryer just went pro. Yeah. Why am I going to take unnecessary damage for no money? Okay. Whenever I could get paid and.
2: Uh, Get closer to whatever my goals are for a professional career. I don't know what he wants to do, but. You guys think uh, Terry will be happy when he listens and hears me compare him to Gabe Fryer?
4: (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. Maybe we can set that up. I don't know. We'll see. (laughs) That's at
2: 155. I think Terry is a -er. 145-er. But Gabe Fryer, man, he's polarizing. Okay. Terry Coulter deserves to be in the conversation. So the MMA fighters locally who have been on. He's been on the weekend sports bus multiple times. I need to have him back in. I'm glad he called, uh, would be Ben Fowler, Alex Hacker, Terry Coulter, Jacob Pierce. That's my rotation for fighters who like to talk about all things in the world of sports, Mm -hmm. as you can clearly hear there from Terry Coulter. Once again, the the sponsor of the weekend sports buzz is Louisville Combat Academy, located at 7908 Church Road, Louisville, Kentucky, 40228. Also, my health insurance practice. I'm an independent broker for Health Insurance Solutions. In the state of Kentucky, Ohio, Indiana, and now Florida. Give me a call 502 386 0978. I can help you regardless of what your health insurance need is. Guys, we just got a couple minutes left on the show. Chris, you got pretty heated with blue earlier. Yeah, I, I want to apologize to blue if it got a little too no, heated. No, I for think it. blue's an adult, he can handle that. But you know, he's been heated at you, too. Absolutely. Not as much today. But he is. Because he is, you. A couple, That's the first time I've gotten like that in three years. That now. is. You've been on here with us three years now? Yep. Okay. But he, he has. You you called him a closet Louisville fan like two or three years ago. Yeah, that was jokingly. And I even said it jokingly now. I want him to call back. <laughs> no, he'll call back. <laughs> the cool thing about Blue that I've learned is he'll call in and then we won't hear from him for like four or five weeks and I say Until it on Kentucky the air. Until Kentucky loses. I'm teasing, Blue.
1: Oh. <laughs> are Taking you, some are yeah. you really teasing, Chris? I, I don't know. I, There's some legitimacy I, to I, what you I don't want to call him out of his name. I don't know what he – we just know him from the air, and I love when he calls in, you know. But I will have some stats ready for next week. It's just, you know, the, Calipari, the the uh, argument against him is old. And it's it's – it needs to be retired because I, – and I, he don't need it, me to stand up for him. I'm just a fan. Uh, I'm just saying it, it's the same tired argument that um, don't stand up, in my opinion. It's just my opinion. I'm one man. hmm You know.
2: It's difficult when you have a Hall of Fame coach, okay, because fans are always going to be real high on you and then low on you, okay? Right. Chris Mack is – Welcome to the world of a, a big microscope, Chris Mack, because you'll have a week where the fans are like, we love you, we love you, and then you lose two games in a row in oh, yeah. conference or something.
1: They want your head. And they're ready to chop it off, aren't they?
2: Yeah. Rick Patino is a Hall of Famer, one of the best coaches in the history of the sport, right, in hindsight? Yeah. No question. But man, those Louisville fans would get heated on him at the drop of a hat, wouldn't they?
3: Yeah.
1: They I, held up the fact that he didn't have a good record against you know Virginia and Kentucky and... Look at his body of work, man. That guy is one of the top
2: 10 ever. What's difficult right? is you then yeah. have a, a program like Kentucky, okay? You have uh, Adolph Rupp, then Joe B. Hall, then Rick and Tubby. I guess Sutton, but Rick and Tubby, and you win titles with all of them, okay? Yeah. But then you you, you you're, you're criticizing them. It's like the Yankees job. You're criticizing them. You're not happy. You're happy. You're not happy. Fire. Okay, now you got... Billy Gillespie for a couple years. Right. You guys know how that goes.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I hate to put Billy Gillespie and um uh the Indiana coach that I just Archie went, Miller. You know, they haven't been to the tournament uh since he's got there. So but you, you know what I
2: love about truth is he's so pro the Indiana Hoosiers that he's just overlooking this season. Right, he didn't care about this. <laughs> he's, he didn't care that <laughs> Lenardi has the Hoosiers in the tournament, which is huge.
1: Right, huge. It is because it'll be their first time going to the tournament under
2: Archie Miller. So Truth doesn't even want to talk about that. He's he's like, oh, they're going to win the tournament, win the title this year. Let's yeah. talk about next year already. Yeah. Um, but I think it's big. If Archie Miller, it's always easy to coach at one of those smaller programs. What are you looking at over here, Pierce? Uh, mm. The
3: knockout this weekend, uh, last night. Tell us about big. it. Big. Okay, uh, Davidson Figueroa fought for the well. He fought Joseph Benavides for the vacant flyweight title. Um, One hundred twenty-five pounds. Yeah, and it's kind of like Dana White's been wanting to shut the weight division down. It's it's kind of been kind of been in limbo because Henry Cejudo won it from DJ. DJ left, but um, yeah, this was supposed to be Benavidez time, and then spoiler it, he got knocked out last night. Um. He got head butted, they cut him open, and then immediately after, uh, Figueroa went to the body, then just just dropped him. And it was it was a great knockout. It it sucks for Benavidez because this was his time. It was the only reason he wasn't winning the titles because he had the greatest of all time, the greatest flyweight of all time, the greatest probably a mixed martial artist of all time, in my opinion. He had him in front of him and he was like, Man, he's so good. He was beating everybody. He was always that number two guy. And uh See him get knocked out last night. That was tough. And then they, I hate whenever a fighter gets knocked out and then they interview him after. Like, mm. I mean, you don't even really know what's going on. He, he had a, like a decent interview, but it's just, that's the last thing you want in your face. I would, I would believe I haven't gotten knocked out, but oh, and especially like on a platform like that. I mean, it, it, it was a, a spectacular knockout though. Yeah. its
2: It's difficult to see someone get knocked out and then immediately be interviewed like that. Yeah, I don't think they should interview guys like that early after going It's down. like they won't let him leave the cage either. Right. Like, hey, we got we to gotta get it, you like Let him clear
1: his head first, right? Yeah.
2: Guys, we got to wrap things up. I want to thank everyone for tuning in to the Weekend Sports Buzz. Jacob Pierce, Chris Embry, mm-hmm. Brandon Bishop. Guys, it's been a great show. We appreciate everyone not only listening, <clears throat> but your interaction on the Weekend Sports Buzz Facebook group, your calls. Thank you very much. We yeah. will be back next Sunday with more of the Weekend Sports Buzz.